Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Control one thing, and that is winning tonight. You know, and you know we can't control what everybody else has to do for us. So, win tonight, and uh, just have a little bit of faith, and then hopefully we can uh, sneak into one of those last three spots. Five and four, hoping for a playoff spot. So we wanted to play for our brothers. My brother Ricky couldn't play today, so we had to play for him and make sure we could get a game next Tuesday. He's open. Can you, with a straight face, say, let's go Cromwell? <laughs> yes, please, for the love of God, let's go Cromwell. <laughs> Cromwell, you guys, God come through for us. You know, Pequot, let's get in the Class S, Class Double S uh, playoffs. You know? <laughs> Winning this is definitely huge for us. Um, Greenwich, I believe, is losing right now, or maybe have lost. They lost to Staples, um, so that could mess up with the standings a lot. Um, so we could be at the top, we could be number two. Uh, we definitely want the two home games in the playoffs. Um, so that just, it just panned out in our way. Yeah, it won't hurt quite as bad. I mean, obviously you still want to win on Thanksgiving and, and all of that, but at the end of the day, obviously, to get, to get some more days with, this, with these seniors and with that, with that room, that's the most important thing for me. They're a tremendous group, and it's you want to be in the room with them. You want to be around them, and I think you know if it, if it truly is that way and falls that way, then I'm just really, really excited to be able to spend some time with those guys. Number one, we got to get recovery, see who we're going to play, and um, you know get on our and, and prepare um, exactly the way we, that, that we need to, that we've been doing every week. Everyone's going to be banged up right now. It's the meat grinder, no pun intended there, uh, but it's you know. It, it's a quick turnaround, so we just got to get our guys healthy and get ready to play. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Meat Grinder, your weekly dose of high school football in Connecticut. And I'm your host, John Patrick Bowley, and with me for the second time in a week is Pete Maguaga. Peter, what's going on? Happy Thanksgiving and happy state playoff time. Yes, happy Thanksgiving, happy state playoff time. Yes, second time in a week, and... 
We might be doing three in like nine days. So yeah, it's just like the teams, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. We're just we are working just as hard as the football teams, clearly. Uh, but no, this is crunch time. This is we're here. Like this is it. This is the sprint now. The the last twelve weeks have been a marathon, and this is the list. The last sprint to the finish line. As uh. Southern than coach Mike Drury called it the meat grinder. No pun intended at the top of the show. You heard some of the scenes from uh, Thanksgiving Day, some of the wild games that happened. I mean, Thanksgiving is just the greatest Connecticut sporting day on the calendar. I stand by that. Don't ever get rid of it, CIC. I know what you're doing. Don't get rid of it. It's amazing. Uh, even with what you've done to the playoffs, six watered-down divisions. Uh, still, I'm excited to, to see what happens. Uh, lots of good games, lots of interesting matchups. But we only had a handful of uh, spots up for grabs because everything was taken up beforehand. But, you know, there was still some intrigue to be had. Thank God. And uh, it all kind of started Tuesday night. We knew what we needed. There was only about, I think there were about 11 spots open as we headed in down the stretch of the season. And on a Tuesday night, it was basically, uh, it was New Milford gets in with their big win over New Fairfield. Bronson and the guys and, and Sean Murray, a great job by them. Beating New Fairfield 27-14 in a great game, that first ever playoff, so that's good for them. Uh, I was over at Valley Regional Old Line versus at HK. It was a win kind of get-in scenario for both of those teams because Valley Regional, Pete, they got hit by that forfeit loss that the uh, Hartford Public gave up to Rocky Hill, and now they were in a win-and-in situation. They went from a win-and-in situation to a lose, and you're in big trouble and as it turned out, they would have been in big trouble. But they, D'Angelo, Jean-Pierre, and uh, at Valley Regional take care of business, beating HK and essentially knocking them for the playoffs. And then they turn around. They all say, Cromwell, please, our buddies. Like, D'Angelo, our buddies. Will you please, please beat Rocky Hill tomorrow night and bring us with you into the Class S playoffs. So that was pretty wild. Let's go, Cromwell. <laughs> Yes, please, for the love of God, let's go, Cromwell. <laughs> Cromwell, you guys got to come through for us. You know, Pequot, let's get in the Class S, Class Double S uh, playoffs, you know. Make, make the Pequot of, you know, not seem like a weak conference that everyone thinks it is, you know. Two Pequot teams and we're going to battle it out. You just really hope if you're Cromwell Portland in Double S that maybe – you avoid Valley Regional because, yeah. you know, if they meet in the finals, like all that, oh, you know, I mean, that's a storyline right there. Valley Regional and Cromwell Portland both get to the finals where it's like, Cromwell Portland, your fault. Yeah. <laughs> this is Imagine your that. fault they're here. That would Imagine be wild. Valley Regional Pete coming back to beat them in the state championship. <laughs> Although I don't know, are they in the in the same bracket? I, actually, yeah. Let me, no, they're on op, they're on they're opposite, on opposite sides side, of the bracket, so. so they could meet in the finals. They could meet in the final. That would be epic. Uh, I don't know if it happens, but you know, you guys had your chance. You should have knocked them out. But that was a Tuesday night, and then Wednesday night, you know, we had Newtown Massac. We all thought Massac was going to win that. Newtown gave them the business. Smoked them. Smoked them. But it might have helped Massac in the long run. We'll we'll talk about that in a second. But um, the obviously we talked about. Cromwell Portland and it was no contest Valley Regional didn't even have to worry it was no contest contest from the jump they returned to kickoff for a touchdown by the freshman Tyler Sapola the freshman returned the kickoff for a touchdown and then you saw Alex Hare with a couple of touchdown runs great to see him back and then Jack Nolan caught a couple of TD passes Cole Brisson and that was it 38-7 Cromwell Portland goes into the playoffs after their loss 
on a high. The defending champs are right there back at the top as the number one seed. Meanwhile, Guilford had a win and in situation playing host to Hand, who they hadn't beat the Tigers since 2006. And, well, they're going to have to wait another year because they could not stop junior Aiden Dolan, who scored three touchdowns on the ground. And Hand only threw six times with the sophomore quarterback. Tyler Narachi scored the go-ahead TD run uh, on, from 58 yards out, and that was basically that. Guilford got within 21-17 to 17 on a Hail Mary pass. But then Hand just basically put it away with Dolan in the second half. And uh, Tier 1 Hand, which realistically was one one or two wins away from actually crashing the party in Class M. It all broke out because Class M did not have very good teams. Brantford, by the way, gets in at 5-5. Five five. So if Hand had a couple more, more wins there, they would have gotten in that spot. would have crashed the party. But it was a down year for Beck, uh, Coach Eric Becker and the guys. But that, they did not at least suffer a defeat to, to Guilford which would have really kind of made their offseason kind of miserable. But they'll be back next year, I'm sure. But that knocked Guilford out of the running over at Raftery Stadium in, Fair- in Fairfield. Fairfield Prep just continues to have just an amazing second three so quarters good. of the season with a 21-6 victory over number one, suddenly, number one West Haven, uh, just absolutely burying them 21-6. The Westies just did not have a chance against the, uh, against the, the Jesuits. And they go in with not just the SEC Tier 1 trophy, but the overall SEC trophy, the, the Jesuits do. And they go into the playoffs. They get the five seed. So that'll be really interesting to see. But uh, I was shocked by West Haven. Pete. You know, we talked about West Haven and Hampton this year, and the schedule doesn't matter. Like, these are good teams. They've played, obviously, a harder schedule. But here they are. This is how good they are. And then they get to number one. We were fighting for them to be number one. We're screaming on this podcast. They're the number one team. That lasted three days. Yeah, maybe the voters I mean, were wrong. Or yeah, maybe the voters were right. Maybe we were wrong. Um, I don't. It's just. I mean, Prep's playing awesome. I got to see Prep against North Haven, and they're a really good team. And I think West Haven's still gonna, you know, do some things in the playoffs. But, oof, not uh, not great. West it, was a little, it was a little disheartening to see them just not be in that game. Yeah, West Haven turned the ball over on downs twice inside the Fairfield Prep 10. Uh, so they certainly had their chances. There was a lot of that this weekend or this week. Well, well, <laughs> definitely, especially on Thanksgiving morning when I was there. But that on, so on Wednesday night, the teams that also clinched were North Haven beating up on Amity to get in Class M. Sorry, Double M. Barlow beat Weston to get into Class Double S. You were at that game. They went off. Danny Shaven. <laughs> yeah. He, like the kids say, he is him. Yeah. (laughs) And then North Brantford got just enough points thanks to Stafford, right? They played and beat Stafford where HK had to play and beat uh, Coventry. Otherwise, they had identical schedules. HK beat North Brantford, but North Brantford gets in by 15 points because Stafford had just enough better record than Coventry did. And that is why HK is out and not North Brantford. North Brantford gets in. Uh, by the hair of their chinny chin chins. And, uh, well, uh, that's why I hate the point system because, you know, it's like the Shelton NFA thing. Wait, wait, didn't, didn't we beat these guys? It yeah, but didn't we? But didn't first, they right? But didn't they fix it? No, they didn't. <laughs> they just added more playoff. Yeah, well, let's add more playoff divisions. That'll fix it. No. So, so <laughs> I hate this. Nor, more, not more math, less math. Not more divisions, less divisions. Please, figure it out. But uh, that left seven spots remaining on Thanksgiving morning. And, well, there were some crazy games we have to talk about, but uh, that really didn't have an impact on the overall seeding. 
What did happen was Platt lost to Maloney in this starter bowl, which allowed Wilton Pete to get in seven and three. They haven't played since you know November tenth. These kids even know what a football looks like at this point. I, I nineteen days off in between games is going to be. I mean, look, Wilton. They have a lot of multi-sport athletes. Like you, you know, how many kids are playing basketball? How many kids are getting ready for indoor track? Like, how many of them still have their pads? Like, what were they doing? Yeah. You know, leading in, like, were they still meeting? Were they still having practice? Like, obviously, they were still alive. But uh, it's just, it's very fascinating. Like, it's like, just, just makes playing you... football in the next, uh, in next year, getting ready for lacrosse season. Like, what we hold on? Like, you got football season. Yeah. Yeah, you have, like, another week of practice. Oh, I, I wonder if, yeah, I wonder what they're doing. Were you playing basketball? Were you practicing lacrosse? Who knows? But uh, Wilton does get it for the second time in what is in, in since 2019. Yeah, third second time. time in second time in three seasons. Second they missed. Seasons. They made in 2019, like by the hair of their chinny chin chins, uh, with Matt Goldman, our guy, and then they lost. They didn't make it last year, even though we thought they probably should have gotten in last year, and then they made it this year. <laughs> so that's the way yeah. the points roll. Man. It all depends. It's all relative to what everyone does. But so Platt lost the Middleton. Let, Lost to Maloney to get in there. Hartford Public, meanwhile, smoked Weaver to get in to the playoffs there, the uh, the Class M playoffs, and then Brantford smoked East Haven, and they became the first five and five team to qualify for the state playoffs. And Brantford's John Malone, we haven't talked to him at all this season, but he was basically saying like, "Look, it's not the season we wanted to have five and five, but you know what? We will take this, and we will see yeah. what happens." Uh, they get Berlin to start uh, to start the uh, the M playoffs, so. Who knows? They, they put up a fight versus Killingly, remember, last year in the semifinals. So who knows? Maybe uh, Brantford shows up. Uh, tough schedule versus Berlin, but we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, elsewhere, Gilbert qualified in double S. You know, Freddie Camp went off, routed St. Paul, left no doubt there. And that was only one spot remaining in class double S. And Ledger, <laughs> despite a nutty 46 to 36 loss to Fitch, which was just wild. Crazy. Ed Griffin sending us texts. With the the play highlights from the day of the of from the day's game coverage, was this squared away with a, a failed squib kick? It was like, I think they were trying for an outside kick, and the kicker like didn't get enough of the ball. Like he I, fell. I, I, yeah, he slipped, and the ball field. ball kind of he like kicks the ball a little bit off the tee. Everyone's kind of standing around, and the Fitch kid picks it up. It's a live ball, and he just took it to the house. But Ledger, you know, they could get in comfortably. Obviously, Rocky Hill was out, and uh, a few of the other teams were out in double. So they got in comfortably. They're still the eight seed. That's a dangerous eight seed, Ledger. They were 9-1 seconds ago, and James Green, you know, great. That's just a hard matchup for them, Fitch. But that left us with Class L. There were two spots left and three teams basically battling for it. Shelton not playing Derby for the first time this year. They played Xavier to well, end their regular season. Yes, everybody knew that but the Mayors. Yeah. <laughs> if you watch Chaz and AJ and WPLR on uh, Wednesday morning, they were all they all still <laughs> all still thought that uh that uh, Derby played Shelton. I mean Chaz is a uh, Shelton guy and they're calling the Mayors up to do a Thanksgiving Day spot. And they, neither of them knew. Oh, neither of them knew why. I think the Derby mayor knew that they weren't playing. But I think Loretti, the Shelton mayor, found out the night before when he was at the Xavier game. Oh, wait a minute, him, and, he can't play. him and him and forty-five other people at the Shelton Xavier game. <laughs> that so, includes that includes myself and Mike Fornabato. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nobody showed up to that one. No, there was yeah. no one there. I, look, the student section for Shelton was great, and but it was just like a regular game. There was no pomp and cert, like, you know. Which is a shame. I mean, look, I, I, I sympathize with those guys. Chaz on WPLR was just like, what? How could you? You know, and I'm with them to a point. I'm with them, like, how could you not have a Thanksgiving Day game? But, like, Derby, just, it, the time had well passed. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, and you know what? Benefited Shelton this year. Right. Shelton, for years, have been trying to get an exception since Derby left the SEC. Because Derby would always leave him with only 70 points. They would yeah. lose 30 points just by playing Derby. And they might not have gotten in. They would have been Darien getting in instead. But we'll get to that in a second. So, Shelton was sitting there playing a waiting game. They had guys all the way over at Darien watching New Canaan play. I'm over over, over at uh, Cheshire Southington. Cheshire in a win and get in Sarajevo. And, well, they kind of they were kind of asleep for three quarters. Or at least Southington's defense put them to sweet sleep. And uh, you know what a great day for Southington. The whole team had the flu, according to Mike Drury. And everybody was waking up sick. And it was like touch and go who was going to play or not. But a guy who had a great game was a junior uh, Ray Williams, Raphael Williams, who uh, caught a touchdown pass and put him up 14 nothing at the break, which kind of really broke Cheshire's back because they were getting nothing going. They were turning the ball over on downs twice, as you said, in Southington territory. Then in the second half, you know, he had a, caught a little screen pass, took it down to the uh, 28-yard line, and then your boy Lincoln Cardell caught a great pass from Benedetto from there. 21 nothing. You think that's it? Sorry, uh, it's going to be scoreboard watching time for Cheshire, but they did wake up. You know, Matt Jeffrey, who's just ridiculous. You know, he scores a touchdown. They get an onside kick recovery. He scores again. And suddenly, Cheshire gets the ball back with two minutes, two and a half minutes left. And, well, Southern's defense backed him up. And then there is our guy, Williams, again, picking off a pass, bringing it down to the two. And then that was it for the Apple Valley Classic. Southington would go on to get the number one seed. They were following that crazy Greenwich Staples game on their uh, on their phones. But meanwhile, I'm stuck there with with uh, with Coach Don Drust of Cheshire. He's hovering over me. He's like, "All right, what do we need? What do we need? Like, what? Tell me what we need. I'm gonna have a heart attack." He's like pacing. He's like an expected father. And uh, you know, I'm like, I'm under pressure. I'm like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. I'm trying to read my own thing, and I'm, you know, I got. Uh, Steve Trafone, the AD, is going to retire. They announced he was going to retire after, after the, the school year, but uh, he's hovering over me. They're all trying to figure out whether Cheshire was going to get in despite the loss. And so we're all trying to follow Darien versus New Canaan. That game was like crazy. Darien gets down inside the 10 yard line of New Canaan. They have four cracks at the end zone, cannot get in, but they're only down three points. Why? <laughs> Why did they kick, not kick the field goal? That was just I don't know. wild. Makes no sense. Uh, I, I, it makes I mean, it. I, it just doesn't make any sense. They would rather have done that than go to. I guess they would rather win it there than go into the, uh, than go into to overtime. But I mean, at least in overtime you can like plan. Or, uh, very very interesting call there by Mike Forge and his staff. Um, you know, I'm not gonna second guess it. Maybe they knew something that we I don't. But uh, it's it from the outset, from where I stood at Cheshire, it looked bizarre that they wouldn't kick that field goal and send this thing to overtime. You need, you have a, several chances there instead of just one chance, and they didn't get the one chance. And then speaking of which, New Cannon almost you know could have got given the ball back instead of running out of the end zone for a safety as time expired, which wouldn't you know they wouldn't have kicked it. They ran up the field. They could have fumbled with all the kids running on the field and everything it was nuts. It would have been it would have been the band on the field. Yeah. 
It would have been the band on the field. It was crazy. It was chaotic. You know, there was a, not to jump too far ahead to double L, but Trumbull, the same thing. They had a chance to kick like a 30-yard field goal, put them up against St. Joe's late in the game, but they went for it, got stopped, and St. Joe's went down the field and won the game. So yeah. a lot of interesting decisions. I know high school kicking is kind of a touch-and-go thing. I mean, you got to really trust your guy. They, Trumbull already hit a field goal in that yeah. game. And I'm pretty know. sure the Darian kicker kicked the field goal during the game as yeah, well. He did. It was, uh, you know, well, yeah, it was 10, uh, it was 13 to 10. Yeah. So it was very interesting there. So that right there gave Cheshire hope. And then what else happened that, that the thing that put them in ultimately was Harding beating Central in the 100th playing of the Harding Central game in Bridgeport. That game put him in. Now I'm still there. I know that. And I'm trying to explain to Don Drust. Why Darian can't catch them? <laughs> We're sitting because this year the CIAC did not do its its live real time playoff updates. They for whatever reason they didn't do it this year. Um, someone told me it might have been broken. I, I I don't know. Um, but I had to do the math quickly for him, and I had triple and quadruple check it because I did not want to send Don Druss back to his locker room. His kids are all heartbroken that they lost to say, "Hey, you made the playoffs," and then turn around. George Mayo's on the rail. No, that's it. Cheshire's out. You know, I didn't want I didn't want that. I was confident, but I mean, like, look, I failed way too many math tests in my time to to have that. So but as it turned out, Cheshire did get in. Shelton did get in. Darian, for the first time since 2012, I believe, are is out of the state playoffs. So kind of a lot of size, size of relief. We don't have to worry about Darian this year. Defending well, the champs. For a lot of teams, uh, I've been putting together the capsules, and there's a lot of teams in L or double L, and their last playoff appearance was ended by Darian. Yeah. Listen, Darian in the playoffs would have been a dangerous thing. We all know that. So, I mean, and they just cannot catch a break against New Canaan. So, um, you know, that was basically it for all the playoff uh, uh, playoff teams. The two craziest games of the day didn't even have anything to do with playoffs other than seeding. I'll just touch on them real quick before we get to our picks and, and we'll take a look at the brackets. Foreign and law combined for nearly 1,000 yards of total offense. It was like 938 between Jack Cushman, who threw for 300 yards and two touchdowns, and then Law's John Nider, who just went buck wild. He accounted for 377 yards and six touchdowns himself. Two in the air and four on the ground. My goodness. Foreign wins. 60 to 29 with 19 unanswered points in the fourth quarter in front of a just an overflow crowd, including apparently Logan Paul, the star, the internet star. Yeah, that was wild. Um, I, I guess his manager slash like really good friend is a foreign grad, so that's why, according to all the people in our comment section on Instagram, filling us in because I had no idea. Somebody what tweeted that at me on Wednesday night, and it was like SPB's ne nemesis. So I don't know if I was ever about to trust him. But I'm I'm forty, you know, I'm like in the mid forties. I don't know who this is. I don't know. Oh, Paul. I mean, I don't. Re I mean, I know who he is. I just don't like. I think it's a little past me yeah. or a little behind me uh, in terms of age. Like I know who he is, but I mean, that's really cool. It seems like the fans were all about it. So oh, that yeah. was that was really exciting. But I mean, the real star of that game was John Nider. I mean, this is a guy I've been screaming about on this show ever since I saw him last year. I put him on the, I got us to put him on the 25 to watch. I had him on my quarterbacks list. I mean, he is a dual threat and, you know, dominant win over foreign makes law a very, very scary team in class M. 
yeah, just a wild game by them. But and then the last one was just the ridiculousness over in Westport, Staples and Greenwich. Seven lead changes in the game, um, including like three times in the last two and a half minutes. Yeah. Um, Staples is up 32, I believe, to 23 with about two minutes and change left when Greenwich scores. Jack Wilson throws a 20-yard touchdown pass to Charlie Dixon to get within 32 to 30 with two and a half minutes left. Then they force a punt and then a 51-yard run by George Vamalakis. They credits a 38 to 32 lead with 149 remaining, right? Game over. No. Here comes our guy, Tyler Clark, who's having a ridiculous season for Staples, returns the kickoff back to midfield to set up the winning touchdown, Caleb Smith, 11 yards to Will Hollerman with 106 left. Staples beat Greenwich for the first time since like 2016 or something like that, gets into the state playoffs uh, for, for your guy, Adam Barron's, you know, first guy since Mars to get into the state playoffs or for Staples. So congratulations to them. I mean, who's the F who's the FCAC champion? I guess them. No, so. apparently everyone at St. Joe's was walking around saying that they were FCAC champions. And that's uh, is one thing I wanted to bring up because I'm very confused, right? Because both teams have a loss in conference, right? And, yeah. and Staples as well. Staples losses to St. Joe's. St. Joe's losses to Greenwich. Greenwich's losses to um, Staples. Right. So, so how do you pick the? They're all they're all champs. No, that's not what they were saying. It uh, at, at St. Joe's. You know, when the Ivy League, when when they all each team has a loss, they're all Ivy League champs. But Grant, but St. Joe is that is the only? No, they can't be the sole FCI. That's champ. what they were telling me. Well, Maybe I misheard, but I was very confused and I didn't understand I, you know, how that worked. If they give a tr just a trophy to St. Joseph, I'm Staples. I'm Grant. I'm like, wait a minute. Or I mean, well, maybe, even... not, maybe not Staples, but Grants could be like, "Hey, wait a minute, we beat Staples. I mean, we beat Saint Joe, didn't we?" And yeah. Staples but... go, wait, wait, we beat you. Yeah. And Saint Joe go, wait, we beat you. <laughs> exactly. It's like the Big Twelve in so, like two thousand and like yeah. eight or nine with Texas, Oklahoma, and Texas Tech. I'll sell this right no now. Sense. You're all FCAC champs, okay? You're and all you know what? You're you know all winners. What? It doesn't. It doesn't change anything going forward. Yeah. Nobody cares. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. When they had the FCAC championship game back in the day, okay. Uh, I mean, if they were to, if the, let's just say hypothetically speaking, there's an FCAC champion, right? One from the West, one from the East. Would that is that how that would work? Because it would have been New Canaan, right? Because <laughs> uh, New Canaan is the only seven and one team in the East Division. Um, but they lost to St. Joe. Yeah, and they lost to St. Joe. I think New Canaan's got it. New Canaan, the problem with New Canaan is they didn't play the other teams. Yeah, their schedule is just bad. Yeah, they're, yeah. So yeah, they're uh, yeah they're an iffy nine and one, but I, yeah. I'm sure they're anxious to prove me wrong. But that's it. That was the craziness of Thanksgiving Day. You know, again, a lot of this wasn't it winning in stuff like I'm used to, and you know, and I've said it a gazillion times. There are far too many teams in the state playoffs. A five and five team getting in, even some of these six and four teams, you kind of roll your eyes at it a bit. We are one too many, at least one too many divisions. You know, you want to make a tech division slash co-op division. I'm all for it. Seeing a lot of coaches I talk to seem to be all for that. Yeah. Um, you know, four divisions of normal and then a tech slash co-op division. That'll be a 30 team division or so. This is just a mess. The CISA I know loves it or certain guys at CSE love it. They think this is the greatest thing since slight spread. Cha-ching. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, they got three. They have two. They have some two state playoff venues at colleges to pay for. So <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's where we are, Pete. Uh, you know, long way of roundabout way of saying who's in the, the divisions here. We're just going to rip through these. Because it is a Saturday night and I am still in a food coma. Mm. Um, 
but it was a, it was a good Thanksgiving. So here we go. We're going to kind of go bottom up here and uh, talk about who we think is going to win and lose in the division. I'm going to send it over to Pete because this is another hybrid Pete's Pick'em Page Views Pick'em <laughs> podcast. Pete, what do you got? Oh, just quickly. I went 7-13 on Thanksgiving week, and I have fallen all the way down the standings. Get up. I'm bad. Dude, I am. I mean, luckily, Scott Erickson's having a way worse season than I am, but I'm out of it. I'm 11 games back. Of me. Of you and Fornabio. I'm 11 games back. Uh, McNamee has fallen out of it. You and Fornabio are tied at the top, 92 and 38, and Dave Stewart's in third at 91 and 39. One of you need, you or Forno or Stewart needs to figure out who the champion is because the tiebreaker was regular season record, and you and Fornabio were tied, and I'm not buying another ugly trophy. So, hopefully one of you... Uh, I want to thank Fairfield Prep for coming through for me on that pick. There was another pick out there. I did not get Newtown uh, mask right, but uh, there was another one out there. I was like, ah, boy. Yeah, I took I took far too many risks. I took some risks, too, and then they actually came through for me. I, mean, I, took, some, I took some aggressive risk. I was the only one who took Trumbull. I'm the only one who took Platt. Um, yeah, it did not go well for me. Yeah, Here we are. Hey, hey, let's, you know... Remember, I did go 16-0 in the quarterfinals last year. Back going to the Class S, here are the matchups. Number 8, North Brantford at number 1, Ansonia. Number 5, East Catholic at number 4, Woodland. Number 6, New Fairfield at number 3, Holy Cross. And number 7, Seymour at number 2, Bloomfield. That's the Class S field. That's that's pretty good. I mean, look at the NBL Invitational. you got Ansonia up the top, and then some of the best... NBL teams, and then you have East Catholic and Bloomfield kind of bringing up the rear there for the CCC, and then New Fairfield, which is back, and you know North Brantford, your lone Pequot uh, uh, representative. But let's yeah. take a let's pick these people. All right, yeah, we're gonna start in Class S. We got uh, number eight North Brantford uh, coming in, uh, clinching last week. They're going to Jarvis to play Ansonia's ten and zero. Sonia beat Naugatuck on Thanksgiving. Brand North Brantford comes in with Tommy Hansen. We are big fans of Tommy Hansen on this show. Then over. And Sonia Cassetti had a great game against Naugatuck. And Sonia hasn't lost a, you know, a first round playoff game or whatever, whether it's a quarter or a semifinal since 2009, which is just insane. Uh, but Sean, who do you like? And Sonia, North Brantford. This is a rematch of that uh, 2012 with uh, Mark Basil's son at quarterback. Yep. You know, the 2012 championship at Wrenchler Field. But, uh, you know, he said North Brantford was going to get in the playoffs, or said it was going to be good enough to get in the playoffs this year. And sure enough, here they are, six and four. But I'm going with Ansonia here again. You know, that's Ansonia does not lose at Jarvis Stadium in the state playoffs unless Bloomfield, you know, or, does not or Cromwell Portland. Yeah, well, oh I don't think no, that was that was a, no, that was a Pearson. Sheehan beat them though. Well, that was a derby, but it wasn't Ansonia home home game. It was. <laughs> but anyway, I'm taking the Chargers. All right, going to move down. We got uh, East Catholic coming in at seven and three. They got Woodland eight and two. Woodland. Still kind of trying to figure out how good they really are. Um, lost to Ansonia, uh, lost to Naugatuck, but they beat, beat Holy Cross and they beat Seymour. Um, I'm going to go with Woodland in this game. Uh, just, I'm just going to go with Woodland. What about you? Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with Woodland too. You know, I, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. We're going to rip through these numbers. Uh, we got number six, New Fairfield, going on the road to Holy Cross. Cross, New Fairfield. Come on, Rebels. I've been picking you. I picked you guys against New Milford. You let me down. 
Um, everyone else took New Milford. They were right. One of my Thanksgiving losses. Um, they got Holy Cross, who's number three. Uh, Holy Cross with losses to Woodland and Anshonia. I, uh, I'm going to get hurt again. Uh, I'm going with the Rebels. I think New Fairfield, they played well against New Milford in the Thanksgiving uh, week game. Uh, they looked really good against Newtown. Uh, just got tired at the end. So I'm, I'm going with the Rebels. Pete, if you recall, they played this game last year. And what happened? Oh, they did play. This they is a rematch. Play, and New Fairfield beat the heck out. Now, I would think Holy Cross, you know, learn some lessons, come back and, you know, give uh, New Fairfield a business, and maybe that might happen. But I don't think so. I'm harkening back to the old days when the SWC went like 12-1 and against the NBL. I don't see that changing any bit. I'm going with the Rebels too, Pete. I'm going to take them to go to the uh, second round or the quarterfinals. Semifinals. 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 All right, we got another NBL team in the last game of Class S. We got number seven, they Seymour. Like this game is played every year. Seymour at Bloomfield. Going up to Phil Rubin Stadium. John, who do you like? I just saw Bloomfield. They got a ton of athletes. Kerr's and uh, Darian Foster. I mean, Davian Kerr is just ridiculous. Just freak athlete on both sides of the ball. Uh, he is a game changer. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with the, the, the Warhawks. They're easy. You know, Seymour comes in this. You know, Dresic is a good quarterback. Uh, he clearly can do some things. But I think uh, Bloomfield has got the athletes to defend the pass on this one, so I'm going with Bloomfield. Yeah, I'm going with Bloomfield as well. I I know they don't like, or they think I don't like them up there. But uh, I like Bloomfield here. Though it, it would be interesting if all four NVL teams won. It would be a all NVL Final Four and an all NVL Final. No, neither do I. I don't have any faith. I don't have any faith in any NVL team that's not Ansonia when it comes to the playoffs. All right, now here's the class double S field. We got number eight Ledyard, who Sean mentioned before, got in by the hair on their chinny chin chin. Uh, they're <laughs> going mom, to my mom used to always say that. <laughs> they're going to Pearson Park to play uh, the number one seed in the the reigning class S champs, uh, number one Cromwell Portland. Joel Barlow and Danny Shaben are the number five seed. They are going to Granby Canton, who is the number four seed. Luke Marin versus a. Uh... Luke versus, Marin versus Danny Shaven. Yeah, I I buy tickets to see yeah, that. Yeah, let's get your tickets. We don't have we don't have to buy tickets, but I I would buy a ticket. All right, now we got number six Valley Regional Old Lime going up to four and to play the number three Lions. And then the last game of Class Double S, we got number seven Gilbert Northwestern Housatonic. Wow. Say that three times fast. They're going up to Wyndham to play the Whippets, but they're not going to Wyndham. They will be going to Stores. Uh, because Ferrigno Field is still not ready for Wyndham, so they will be hosting their game at EO Smith. That's uh, right, you know, it's the uh, what? It's the Pequot versus the ECC here, right? Basically, I mean, and old Barlow, Pequot, old, and Barlow, but there's the old Pequot and the, the current Pequot, and the foreign in there. I think this is even better than Class S. This division of the two, I like this one's pretty strong. Yeah, I like it, and I like that my Class Double S pick is still alive uh but we'll get to them when we get to their game and right at the top we got number eight ledyard like i said going to number one cromwell portland the defending champs sean we talk about james green a lot on this show we talk about old brisson a lot on the show alex Harris back Emeka yearwood um there are dudes all over this field who do, who, who do you like in this one i'm gonna go with cromwell portland here the defending champs you know i think james green is great he's kind of a he can kind of be a one-man band there and cromwell portland's just got all sorts of guys and alex hair getting back is huge for them 
Uh, now it might give Cromwell Portland the running game. They've been sorely lacking this entire year. Maybe free up a Mecca Yearwood and Nicole Brisson to do their things. I mean, obviously, you know, and all those guys there. It's, it's been great. I think they're going to advance pretty easily. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm going to go with uh, with Cromwell Portland on, Portland on this one. But James Green is really a oh, really amazing. good player. But kind of like you said, one-man bandage. All right, number five, Joel Barlow, led by Danny Shaben, uh, going to Granby Canton. Luke Marr, Will Attenese, really good team up there. I think this is Granby's like third or fourth season in a row making the playoffs. Yeah, uh, this co-op, this co-op has Jordan, been a really like Coach those guys. yeah, yeah. Coach this, uh, this co-op has been really good for the for those two schools. Um, but unfortunately for them, they are running into a buzzsaw. Yeah, this is Danny Shaben. Yeah, I almost typed in Danny Shaben under my pick instead of Barlow. Um, <laughs> I'm going with Barlow, and I'm going because of Danny. I, I got to see him finally Tuesday. Yes, finally. I got to see him Tuesday at Weston, and, man, what a performance he put on. Five rushing touchdowns. He even threw a touchdown. Could have had a second touchdown pass. It was a little out of reach of his wide receiver who came up with cramping after. So maybe full strength, that's another touchdown. Uh, threw in a sack on defense. He's a really good linebacker. We talk about him running the ball and the crazy numbers, but – Rush for 302. No question for me. I'm picking Barlow until they're out. If they're out, I'm going with Barlow. Yeah, you might remember this. The last time Barlow played a Pequot team, I believe, in the state playoffs, or at least when Jack Shaven was there, he ran all over Gilbert Northwestern. It was not even close. 2013, and I believe it was at Central Connecticut State University. Yeah, I think this Granby team is much better than that team. I still think they're going to have all their hands full with Barlow's option. Luke Mare is great. Um, you know, even Will Migliaccio, the, the quarterback, has been really good. Uh, he's 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 going to be playing in college somewhere. It's a good Granby Canton team. I don't see them having an answer for Barlow. If they do, then you know, my hat will be off to him. But containing that offense, even when Shaben doesn't do well, they still have plenty of guys running. Yeah, they had so, a couple uh, guys. Dylan, focus Dylan on Taylor him. You're going to get good. hurt. Yeah. Barlow all the way. Absolutely. All right, next one. We got number six, Valley Regional Old Lyme. They're going to Milford to play foreign. Foreign, the Lions are licking their wounds after a loss to Jonathan Law on Thanksgiving in front of Logan Paul. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this one. This one's kind of tough. Of the games that we've picked so far, I'm really kind of torn because Valley's playing really well, and Valley's got a lot of good guys. Just because foreign didn't play well on Thanksgiving, they still won nine games. You know, they still have guys, uh, but it's your turn to pick first, Sean. So you It's going to be go. basically Cushman versus D'Angelo Jean-Pierre, and who can stop who the other guys. You know, I just think I'm having a real hard time as well. I, I'm still not sure who I'm going to pick, but I think I'm going to go with Foreign here just because I think they have – At uh, two. Split, huh? At yeah. two, Sean. What's that? Isn't it at two? Or Etu oh, Brutus yeah, or whatever. I don't know. Etu Brute from Yeah. What are you talking about? Anyway, I'm gonna go with foreign. You know, I I hate to say SEC, you know, greater than Pequot here, but I just think foreign after that shellacking they got against Law, they were right in it though up until the fourth quarter. They totally got gassed. Um, I still think that they have just just enough weapons to uh, to outlast Valley. I think Valley is gonna be good, but uh, I think foreign. You know, I think foreign is gonna do a good job here. I'm gonna take the Lions. I'm taking four and two. Um, I just thought you were going to shame me into it because, you know, you've been all over Valley this year. So I'm kind of surprised. Seen more, I've seen more Valley games, two or three, than I have foreign games, zero. Sir. 
right, I'm going I hear with a lot four. Of good things about foreign, so Valley proved me wrong. <laughs> All right, we're going to the last game of Class Double S. We got number seven, Gilbert Northwestern, Housatonic. They're going up to stores to play Wyndham, the Whippets, right? These are two very similar teams. They both love to run the ball. They both have really good running backs in Freddie Camp and Victor Meha. They both have really elusive, quick quarterbacks in Nolan Reisdorf and Zach Robinson Smy. Um, they, I believe it's Smay. I think I, I mispronounced it. Um, but, I mean, these teams are going to be fun. If you're, you know, Ned Griffin, go to this game. This is right up your alley. There's not going to be many passes in it. Uh, this game's going to go real fast. Um, but I, I'm going to go with Wyndham. I'm going to I'm gonna ride the Road Warriors. They are 9-1 this year, and they're 9-1 on the road. I'm going with the Whippets. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Whippets, too. You know, I know Gilbert Northwest, I saw him actually play. I saw him play with Crosby. And, you know, Crosby scored a lot on him that day with Pats, granted. But uh, they certainly scored a lot. Uh, I think Wyndham just has m- way too many weapons. Gilbert Northwestern has, who's a tonic, has weapons too. They have Freddie Camp, who's just been amazing this year. It got him to this point uh, for the last two years. Two playoff back-to-back seasons, by the way. It's nope. not bad for, for uh, Coach Lewis and, and the guys. But I'm just going to go with w- Wyndham. I think Wyndham has been a team we've been on the lookout for all year long. I like the Whippets. All right. Me too. All right, we're going to go to Class M. So let's run down the matchups in Class M. We got number eight, Brantford, going to number one, Berlin. Number five, ATI, going to Rockville, who's number four. Number six, boys. Ram, my boys, uh, up in Rockville. And then we got number six, Ram, going to Law, who's the number three seed. Then we have number seven, Hartford Public. Uh, they're going to Veterans Stadium to play the number two, Notre Dame, West Haven green night this, this division pete i just feel like is one of those divisions like do we need this division no I mean, berlin is very good you know obviously notre dame playing SEC tier one schedule is very good seven three but then you get down to like all right rockville law harford public at six and four i don't you know do we need that uh ram at seven to three has been okay but you know against good teams they kind of got smoked a bit. you know i saw them against bloomfield there was no contest there was another game in there too uh, this is one of those divisions. You have Brantford sitting there five and five. So uh, again, this is where you start to see the sixth division thing kind of come through. Notre Dame, I've told, I've said it all year long that I, I declared them the champion here. Berlin's giving me crap about that. All right, Berlin, you guys are on opposite sides of bracket. Let's see this happen. Let's see it happen. But that's where I I stand on uh, Class M. It's it's been a kind of a mess all year. Yeah, and just speaking of Ram, the other game you were talking about was Platt. Right, back to back games. They were outscored ninety-seven to seven. That's right. So Listen, good team, but but uh, yeah, it's are they a playoff team? It's kind of a, exactly. So well, we're gonna be able to pick their game. All right, so we're gonna start at the top. We got Brantford coming into five and five, going to Berlin, who's ten and zero. I'm getting crap from my former college roommate. He lives in Berlin now. He's like, I don't understand how they're not voted in the top ten. I was like, well, haven't really played anybody. Uh, Bloomfield is their biggest win. They're a much bigger school than Bloomfield, um, and but they're taking the games that are ahead of them and they're and they're winning. There's nothing you could say against it. Uh, and they get Brantford, who's coming into five five. Look, Brantford is a good program. Uh, like you know, it's, it hasn't been the best year. They lost their best player in the first week of the season um, in Nate Chifo, and here they are at five and five. They went to the semifinals last year. This is not the easiest first round game uh if i'm berlin and i'm looking at the rest of the teams in this bracket or on the bottom end of the bracket like 
out of Branford, ATI, Ram, and Hartford Public, I wouldn't want Branford out of those four teams. I have, despite them playing tier three, I do have, I, I say that it's really tough to pick against SEC teams when they get to the playoffs. It really is. No, I mean, I know they really? haven't had the you know, state champions have been kind of elusive for them over the last few years, but, uh, you know, uh, I still think this is going to be a tough, they gave, remember, they gave Killingly everything they could handle and they weren't supposed to in the, uh, in the semifinals last year. I just think Branford, not quite ready for primetime here. I'm going to go with Berlin, but it, as you said, I think it's going to be a tougher game. Yeah, I, I, I like to think that I'm, uh, I'm like a, you know, risky guy, and uh, but I'm I'm gonna go with Berlin in this game. Berlin's good. They got a lot of different weapons. A lot of guys who can, who can do well with the ball in their hands. They don't have one standout guy, um, which kind of makes them dangerous in, in a way. But uh, yeah, I, I just think that game's gonna be really, really, really good. Uh, and I, I honestly could see it going either way, but I'm, I'm going to go with Berlin as well. All right, we got ATI coming in at eight and two. Uh, they're going up to Rockville. The Rams they went to the Class M finals last year. A lot of new faces. Um, you know, Malachi Mopp is still back. He's playing running back now as well as linebacker. Son Green's really good. Is it uh, ATI Mopp? Map. Did I say Mopp? Say Mopp. I mean, I don't oh, know. I'm I sorry. Think it's map. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think it is Map. I, I apologize. Uh, to Coach Knickerbocker and uh, and the rest of the Rams. But they got ATI. ATI, who we all picked to beat Northwest United. Yeah, so much of that. And that did not happen. Yeah, we heard a lot um, about Garzone, right? Yeah, so we, 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 we heard about that. So for that reason, ATI, you, you disappointed me. That said, I, I mean, I'm going with Rockville and, and anyway, but CTC teams are struggling in the playoffs. I don't believe they've ever won a playoff game. I know Capital Prep Achievement yeah. won the state championship in it's 2014, but they're not a they're not a tech school, right? So I guess the, the it's hard. Teams from the the tech league, right? Haven't always been tech schools. Capital yeah. Prep wasn't a tech school. They were in the league, but they weren't these hybrid these co-op teams aren't technically tech schools. They have that's backed by Immaculate High School, which has got athletes. We know that. Yeah. Um. So I I don't think you really count that. That said, they do play in the CTC, which is not a strong conference. Just by looking at results, they played in the uh, Alliance. They didn't. They don't think they won a game really, other than I think Bullard Havens beat Bridgeport Central, right? Yeah, that was it. So uh, you know, in the playoffs, it's a whole different story. It's a whole different level. It's a whole different speed against Rockville. I, I don't think they're they're going to be matched pretty well against it. But who knows? We'll see. I'm going to take the Rams to get to the semifinals. Yeah, I'm going to go with Rockville as well. Um, they're not dead yet. That's what I was told. Uh, also. Thames River played, I believe, two Alliance games. I was right. against Plainfield and Montville. I don't know. Uh, Plainfield wasn't an Alliance game, but Montville was. And Montville oh, I'm sorry. Non-CTC games. Oh, right. I apologize. Gotcha. And they outscored them 105 to nothing. Yeah. So take that with what you will. All right. We're going to move on to the next thing. We got Ram, who we talked about, and they got Law. I'll make this quick and easy. John Nider, all day. Law. All day, every day. And, uh, you know, I think Max Nyland has had a great season for uh, – for Ram, he really put up some big numbers in that record-breaking uh, uh, one game against Farmington. That was against Farmington, not Law. I'm going with Nider and the Lawman. All right. We got number seven, Hartford Public, going to uh, play Notre, Notre Dame, Dame West Haven. Dame here, Pete. Yep. <laughs> Trying to go with Notre Dame. Uh, you didn't even let me get it out. Champions. That's what I was going to say. I'm going to go with Notre Dame West Haven as well. All right. Here are the That pairs. was a great game, by the way. They beating Hamden. Amazing performance. We didn't even talk about them in the green ball which also helped Cheshire get in. But 
that was a great job by uh, by the guys there beating Hamden 20. I know Hamden, you know, kind of banged up a little bit because of the West Haven game, but uh, good job. I, you know, we said Notre Dame was going to go in there five and five, maybe be the heart. You know, instead it's Brantford five and five. Notre Dame goes in and said, "The heck with you guys. We're going to win two of, at least two of our final four games." They go in there seven to three to really kind of puncture at home that to you know stick at home that this class M ain't for them. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna win this this division. All right. Class double M here are the matchups. We've got number eight, Wilton, going to number one, SMSA. Number five, North Haven, going to number four, Thames River. Number six, Weathersfield, going to number three, Killingly. Number seven, Massick, going to Nanawak to play the number right, two, this, Northwest United. This is the second of the why are we doing this divisions. Um, you know, again, like we've talked about, the CTC uh, has got three reps here. Um, you know, all, two – well, sorry, they have two reps here um, at 10 and 0. We have a 10 and 0 SMSA uh, from Pequot, which has been great with Danny Hernandez. Uh, but then you look at some of the teams that they're going to be facing, math teams that with long playoff histories. I mean, even Weathersfield in there versus Killian is going to be tough. But those two poor, those two teams, like, what, what do we get? But yeah. Massick, North Haven, and Wilton already, they're looking at heavy favorites in this one. Uh, this is another of those divisions. Like, I, do we need these teams in here? They've had great seasons. I don't know, Pete. Uh, you know, this is, we knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Double M was going to be a Frankenstein division. And sure enough, here we are. It's kind of like upside down cake. Yeah. The only good thing is that North Haven and Massac are on opposite sides of the bracket. Indeed. Just saying. <laughs> all right. Not to tip picks, but all right. Right at the top, we got Wilton SMSA. Danny Hernandez having an awesome season, like Sean said. I have been screaming this kid's name since week one. This kid is legit. I think even in my preview, I was all about him. They're running into a well-rested Wilton team who plays in the very competitive FCAC team. Wilton will have 19 days off between their last game and the game uh, and the game on Tuesday. Uh, look, I, Kevin Quinn does such a great job at SMSA. They're having an unbelievable season, but I got to go with Wilton here. Yeah, I mean, listen, FCAC against any other league for the most part, with the exception of the SEC, maybe the SWC and the C, uh, CCC. I take the FCAC every day and twice on Sunday against teams like Pequot or even CTC. And they, like, it's men against boys. Um, I hate to say it that way, but uh, it's it's a whole different universe down in Fairfield County. And even the some some of the weaker FCAC teams will have when they get out of the league, man. It's like dropping the uh, extra bat from the on-deck circle and hitting a home run. That's kind of like what we're looking at here, Wilton, all day, every day. I think Hernandez has some great plays. Can't only keep him contained so long, but I think the rest of the team can have a lot of trouble, especially up front. Yeah, I, it's like you said, they're all, you know, if you're Weatherfield and Killing, you're looking around, and you're like, how did that happen? But we got um, next one up, we got number five, North Haven going to number four, Thames River. Thames River's having a great year. Ryan Outlaw's awesome. Seth Cunningham just went over 4,000 career rushing yards. Ooh. What a great career. Um, I'm going with North Haven. Yeah. I mean, that's... Has Thames River seen anything like the single wing of North Haven? The answer is no. Um, maybe someone might run it out there. I'm not, I'm not aware of. And North Haven will be tough up front. The defense, you know, maybe... Because of his sheer athleticism, the two of those guys, Cunningham and Outlaw, will break a TD for TD run, possibly. Uh, but I see this North Haven just rounding the ball down, just beating them up up front. And, uh, you know, could, like remember, North Haven beat Platt 45 to nothing. 
You know, they no. beat Simsbury at 45 to nothing or something like that. Those are good, solid teams. Uh, and now Thames River is just deer. It's going to be deer in headlights time uh, at Grasso Tech. Absolutely. All right. The big one in double M, like we mentioned before, number six, Weathersfield going to number three, Killingly. Weathersfield, but what not a great. What did deserve this bowl? Yeah, well, we, oh, what did they do? They lost to Newington on Wednesday night. Oh, God. Hey, that was my pick. Newington, hey. shout out, Newington. All right. Oh, no, we didn't pick that game for the picks. I just we didn't because it didn't have anything. It didn't have any yeah, playoff I picked Newington to win. On the, I would have nailed that one. I picked them on the, the capsules. Anyway, all right. You did. All right, well, Weatherfield didn't do itself any favors losing on uh, on Thanksgiving Eve to Newington. Um, and now they got Killingly. So, you know, you got to make your bet or lay in the bed that you make or whatever that whatever saying is. I'm really bad at sayings. Killingly, 9-1. and one, uh, They rebounded well off of – they got beat up by Wyndham. Just beat up by Wyndham. And uh, they've rallied to win out. They're 9-1. They get a home game in the playoffs, and they got Weathersfield. This one, kind of a coin flip. Uh, Sean, who do you like? Does Weatherfield have their running back back? Is he okay, or what happened there? Jovan Hill? Yeah, he's great. Um, I don't think Matt, uh, Weathersfield hasn't updated their max preps yet, I think so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> a lot of teams haven't. It's been Thanksgiving. I The reason why I picked Newington is because Newington threw the ball a lot, and they can score. And uh, I thought Weathersfield just really looked lethargic against Middletown. Uh, in that in that uh, game we saw the, uh, two weeks ago, yeah, uh, I was really concerned. I mean, like I like their quarterback; he's a good-looking kid, he's a baseball star, you know. But uh, he's only what? He's only a sophomore, is that right? Only a sophomore. Um, and so I saw them against do a nice job with Danny Shaben and Barlow, even though they lost that game. Uh, I, at Killingly, you know, I'm I am loath to pick against the uh, against Killingly right now. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go with Killingly here. Just barely. This is going to be one of the most competitive games probably of the uh, of playoffs, at least their first round. Um, I think it's going to be tough. I think, I think Killingly eats us out with Drybolts, you know, and, and those guys. I think they'll be they'll be okay here. But Yeah, but this, is, tough. this is a team that won a state title last year, and uh, a lot of these guys are back. You know, you mentioned Tommy Drabel. We haven't talked about Soren Reef enough this year. I mean, he's doing what we expected. Um, Bo, uh, Ben Jack, called him Bo Jacks. Uh, ben Jacks, Keith Perry. They got a bunch of guys. Uh, I'm going with Killingly as well. Next one, we got Massac at uh, Northwest United. Uh, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go with Massac. Yeah, Northwest United got a nice shout out from Jess Coach Robert Saylor, huh? Uh, on this yeah. Had the, had the shirt, maybe pump up the guys from Nonawag and. You know, and, uh, you know, Garzone giving us the business uh, for picking against them on uh, on Thanksgiving week against ATI. Um, you know, that was a great pump up from the Jets. You know, they need that going into this game because Massac is, you know, it's a blue blood team, as we would call it. You know, uh, they've played some tough competition this year. Don't even look at that Newtown game and say, like, well, you know, they just got blown out. No way. Um, they gave St. Joe everything they could handle. Um, they gave Trumbull everything they could handle. It came back, almost won that game. Um, so uh, Massac is, is very tough. Champagne, you know, Dylan Jackson. Uh, we've said it a million times before. There's no way Massac loses this game. In fact, I remember back in the day when Nottingham first started a program. They, they were part of the SWC. And it was long before they had their nice facility, their turf field. Massac went up there and they were like, what is this? It's cow pasture. 
um, you know, and they beat them up. So I think this is the first time that they've played this team since they were part of the SWC, although it's a little different now. They now they have they are backed up by you know the the the, the, the Mogos and the the, the Wukatex of the world, but uh, that's not going to be enough. Massive by a lot. I agree. All right, we got two more divisions left. Should we take a Should we take a break? I mean, there's just so many of these games. All right, we're gonna Let's little go to intermission. Our yeah. In all right. fact, if you do want to sponsor this show, by all means, let our uh, advertising department know. <laughs> all right, the Class L matchups. Number eight, Cheshire at number one, St. Joseph's game will be played at Kennedy Stadium in Bridgeport. Number five, Naugatuck at number four, New Canaan. Number six, New Milford at number three, Maloney. And number seven, Shelton at number two, Newtown. Let's start at the top. Cheshire, Sean, you just saw them. I just saw St. Joe's. Um... St. Joe's has done everything that we said they wouldn't do this year. They weren't in the top 10 at the beginning of the year. We picked Ariane to beat them. We picked Staples to beat them. Um, they just keep winning. I mean, this is a total team effort from top to bottom. If it's not Jack Hill Martin, it's Ryan DeMarco. If it's not Riley Jordan, it's Will Singewall. If it's not Braden Hutchinson, it's uh, Mickey Coco. Co yeah. If it's not Brandon Hutchinson's, it's Mickey Covina who caught, uh, caught two touchdowns. And then if it comes down to it, it's Logan Spolster kicking field goals. I mean, this St. Joe's team doesn't have one star. Okay? They just have a lot of guys who are focused on one goal. Uh, Cheshire, Cheshire's banged up. Um, you know, you saw them on Thursday on Thanksgiving. I'm going to go with St. Joe's. I'm finally, it took 10 weeks. <laughs> But I'm giving in, and I'm picking St. Joe's in a game this year to beat Cheshire in the first round of the playoffs. Sean, who do you got? Well, let me just first say that this is actually, you know, I remember we said this was going to be the toughest division of all the playoff teams. Uh, when I did a preseason look at all the six divisions, I was trying to pick apart some of them and say, why do we need this? Why do we need this? This actually did not fall. The, everyone was looking at it. It did not fall out the way people thought it would. But Darian did not have a great season, so maybe they don't belong here. You know, but Shelton at six and four, Chester six and four. I mean, those are really kind of the only outlets. They're still good, decent six and four teams. But you know, New Canaan here, St. Joe. I mean, it's not as strong as the division we thought it might be. You know, on based on 21, 21 standards, but still, we got Maloney. You have St. Joe, two of the top teams, and then New Canaan there with that great defense. It's gonna be really tough. But anyway, starting off with that, I'm gonna go with St. Joe as well. I think Cheshire. It's Matt Jeffrey. If he can do things, maybe they'll have a chance. But it's hard. It's hard when it's kind of you're relying on one guy to make all the big plays. Cheshire's going to need a lot more than that. They have a couple guys on defense. I thought the defense played really well against Southington. Uh, they have their a great DN and they have a pretty good. Uh, uh, they have a pretty good defensive line. But St. Joe, like you said, just too many weapons. We're going to go with the Hogs. All right, now we got Naugatuck at New Canaan. Naugatuck has not won a playoff game since the playoffs expanded in like 1995. Um, the Greyhounds, they're going to New Canaan. I was at the Naugatuck Darien game. I forgot what year it was, 2014, 2014. 2015. Uh, Jason Bradley was the quarterback for Naugatuck. It rained. They couldn't throw. Darien just demolished them. And I believe Naugatuck lost to New Canaan the year before in the state playoffs as well. NVL teams that aren't in Class S have not had a lot of success, which I think it might only be Naugatuck, but not a lot of success playing against some bigger schools from or same size schools from bigger, better conferences. Um, I know New Canaan's offense has been really kind of 
not great this year, but the new Canyon defense is so good. I'm going with the Rams to advance, and I think we're looking at an FCX semifinal here. Yeah, we're definitely looking at an FCX semifinal. Look, I love Mike Dietelbaum, you now Caden uh, Martin, and uh, uh, Jed Hall. Jed Hall, those are great weapons, you know, but only scoring 10 points against Ansonia. You know, Ansonia's defense is excellent, but that was a little disappointing. It must have been for. Uh, for Coach Anderson, the guys, you know, they're gonna have to do a lot, lot better that against a defense that's probably even better than uh, than than Ansonia's. I'm going with New Cannon. I mean, the offense has been really struggling the last couple of years, but uh, defensively, no one's been better. Uh, maybe yeah. except for Fairfield Prep. I'm gonna go with All right, now we got um, we got New Milford, the Darlings. I mean, they have to be the Darlings this they year. Are the darlings, Sean Mar Shermer Sean Murray has done such a great job. Darnell Bronson is legit. Uh, the sophomore quarterback, and they get to make the playoffs for the first time ever. Hooray! Now hey. go up to Falcon Field and play the defending Class L champions in Maloney. Team. Yeah. Um, Sean, I'll let you go first on this one. Does the magic continue for the green wave, or does Maloney, is Maloney just standing yeah, in the way? I don't, I don't see them topping. Maloney's got far too many weapons right now, and I, I think New Milford's time is in future seasons. You know, Bronson's is only a sophomore. Um, and uh, I, I think they're going to be back. They're going to be. They're starting to make this move up the up the ladder here. Maybe cha maybe challenge Nask and Newtown. They got to find a way to beat those teams in the regular season. But you know, Maloney is just so good at their own field. It's kind of have a chip on their shoulder after losing the Glassberry. I like the uh, Spartans. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm going to go with new. I'm going with Maloney. Um, I, I, I know I've picked against them recently. You like that? You like that fake? That's for all my Maloney listeners. Now, uh, like you said, Maloney has a lot of weapons. Dante Kelly, Josh Bogansky, Kyle Valentine. I, they just got guys. I'm not, I'm not even listing like half, half of them. They just have a lot of guys. I'm going with Maloney. Kevin, Kevin gets his guys up for big games. This is a big game. And whoever Maloney gets next in the semifinals is going to be a really, really big game. And coming from... The winner of the next game we're going to pick is who they'll get, and that's between Shelton and Newtown. They've played this game. They didn't play in the regular season this year. No. But they have played in past regular seasons. Uh, last year they did. They definitely played in 2019 in the regular season. I believe I was at both of those games. Um, Shelton limping in here at 6-4. and four. Yeah. Uh, I saw them against... Xavier on Tuesday, and I did not leave impressed. I mean, they won the game. They got guys, but it was Xavier. Like, they could have put him away, and, and Xavier fought back, held strong in the game, made it close at one point, and Shelton was able to pull away. But the best yeah, Shelton team since Dan Orlovsky was not on that field that day. I mean, I just – I. I, I, I got Newtown in this game. I, I think Newtown is just playing so well. They've won nine in a row. Um, you know, they have a lot of guys. Uh, Andrew Steibert, Swibert, we just wrote about last week. He's really good. Dylan Magazoo is awesome. Um, they're going to have to go to Blue and Gold Stadium. It's, uh, it's actually a pretty short ride for them, so it's actually not the worst thing in the world. But yeah. I'm going with Newtown. I just think Newtown is the better team right now, and they're playing better, and... I just I, Shelton needs to play 60 full minutes to win this game because you can't leave the door open against a team like Newtown. They're going to kick it right down, and uh, I'm going with Newtown. I think Shelton uh, just I think they've had really been trouble with injuries. In fact, I think since Eric Becker said they was the best uh, team since Daniel Olof, best Shelton team since Daniel Olofsky, I think they're four and four since then. I think they were two and zero at the time, if I remember correctly. But uh, you know, hey, listen, sometimes the injury bug hits you hard. 
and I, and I know Shelton's been dealing with it. You know, the Fairfield Prep game, I know that was a big disappointment for them. And the West Haven game, they felt they were right in there. You know, it's been a team that's been on the cusp, you know, and kind of limping in, like you said, at 6-4. and four. Maybe they, they do. I mean, listen, they're Shelton. They should be able to beat you, Newtown. They, they can beat Newtown. I just I just think Newtown, this is Newtown's time. Remember, Newtown could never beat Shelton, with even with Ben Mason on the team, went to Michigan. Uh, but uh, now the tables have kind of turned here. Newtown beat him on the way to the state final that year. You know, I, I think Shelton beat him last year, if I was correctly. I don't think it was a great Newtown team. But I do think this time, I think they've matured. I think it's a little bit of a better team. I'm going to go with the Nighthawks. All right. Now we got the last division, the big one, the Class L tournament. We got number eight, Trumbull, going to Fontana Field to get the number one, Blue Knights. Number five, Fairfield Prep on the road. At number four, Staples. Congratulations, Staples. You beat Greenwich. You get the hottest team in the state in Fairfield Prep. <laughs> number six, Glastonbury. At number three, West Haven. And number seven, Hamden, going to play number two, hey, look, Greenwich. This is a strong division. Uh, but, you know, I can't help but think when I look at this. It's like last year. You, It's like the F, It's like the all-FCAC. It's like every good team in the FCAC is in the playoffs. Like, did the regular season mean nothing? And that's what I hate about all this stuff. The regular season is almost comical now. You just need to compile just enough wins. And if you lose a couple games, eh, yeah, no big deal. And I know, I guess like coaches love that. But I, I feel like there's got to be, if I beat a team in the regular season, do I, why do I have to possibly have to go beat them again to win a state championship? That's what I can't stand about this. Luckily, we don't have any rematches here, really. We don't have any rematches here, which is great. And a lot we of could, We could get a rematch in the finals if Southington or Staples plays against Greenwich. But we could get Hamden West Haven in the we second round. We could get Hamden West Haven in there. But... Or prep West Haven, prep Hamden right. in the final. There's finals. possible abilities. But... Potential, but not in the first round. So that's it's good. Lucky the things shook out the way they did. So anyway, that said, let's start. All right. We got number eight, Trumbull at number one, Southington. I've seen both these teams a handful of times. Trumbull was in control against St. Joe's, up 14 to three on St. Joe's in the second half. Then St. Joe's did St. Joe's thing. Scored a touchdown, got an interception, scored a touchdown. All of a sudden, they're up 17-14 going into half. Trumbull is its own worst enemy. They fumbled. They've, against Staples, they turned the ball over two, two, three straight drives. All of a sudden, they're playing from behind. They were able to come back, scored late. Staples went right down the field and scored again and won. And then got a pickoff to end the game. Trumbull against Greenwich. Goes, they get the ball. They go right down the field. They score. You're like, oh, Trumbull, up 7 nothing. Nope, coming back on holding. Settle for three. Greenwich took control of the game the rest of the way. Trumbull's got talented players. Hunter Agosti, Ben Carley, Rowan Johnston, uh, Jordan Black. They have talent. Um, and then on the other side, it's Southington. Southington has rallied from that loss to Maloney, a game that Mike Drury, I'm sure, would love to have back. And I would, if they play tomorrow, I... I it's going to be another classic, I think. Uh, but Link, Link, Lincoln Cardillo is legit. CJ DiBenedetto, legit. Uh, Williams, your your boy. He had a great start to the year, kind of fell off a little bit, getting hot at the right time. Uh, John Flynn, super talented. They got guys. There's a lot of talent on this field in this game. I just think, and this pains me to say it, pains me to do it. They might take away my beach pass, but I'm going with Southington. <laughs> Yeah, look, I think Trumbull could definitely win this game. I don't think there's a there's a favorite great team in this whole state this year. Number one, he's changed hands a hundred times, it feels like, already. 
Uh, I thought Southern played very well and disciplined. They were sick as dogs. <laughs> they, everyone likes to call each other dogs. Like, he's a dog. He's a dog. Hey, what do you think of? Uh, what do you he's think got of that Ray dog Williams? in him. He's got that dog think, in him. What do you think of Ray Williams? He used to be a dude, right? Back in like the day, like ten years, whatever, eight years ago, seven, five, whatever it was. He used to be a dude. Now, now you're a dog. If you're a good player, you're a dog. Ray Williams? Ah, oh, he's a dog. He's, a he's dog. got that dog in him. He's got that dog in him. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna go with Southern did here. You know, I think they get over the sickness. And, uh, you know, I, I, Lincoln Cardell might be the best player, overall player in the state. He was punting. He was, you know, catching TD passes. He's kid's a specimen. He's going to make a college program look really good. Uh, I'm going to go with Southern. Yeah, I, again, this game, I think I think a lot of these games in double L could be, coin, could be coin flips. This is one of them. All right. Next up, we got number five, Fairfield Prep. The hottest team in the state. The team that I would not want to play. The team that Tom Dyer said on this show he did not want to see again. Fairfield Prep, they're going to play. They're going to Westport for number four Staples. Staples nine and one. Their only loss was to St. Joe's. That game kind of got away from them. Yeah, it was forty-two uh, to fourteen. Yeah, but it was close for most of it, right? Yeah. It was close, but you know they got dudes. Staple Tyler Clark. I, I mean, he might be the best receiver he's in the state. Like, he's got Player of the Year. You know, he's got a. I want to say he's got a. He's got a shot. He's like in yeah. that, that category right now. Yeah, and you, and you didn't say that about Car Cardillo. Uh, I mean, yeah, him too. I mean, I, but, yeah. I kind of kind of assumed you guys knew what I meant. Yeah, he's been. You know, Tyler Car- uh, Caleb Smith is setting Great. Staples passing records. James Hillhouse is a really good number two. Michael Nealon on defense. I feel like I'm like re saying the same names each week for Staples, but each week those guys are stepping up and making plays. And Fairfield Prep. I mean, they are just not one great dude or not one great dog, but a lot of good players that are playing really well. Tanner Langis, their linebacker, I love watching him play. The running attack is just so strong. Tyler Smith can move in the pocket. I don't want to play Fairfield Prep right now if I'm anybody. And I'm going with Prep in this game because I think right now they're playing like the best team in the state. And if they weren't 7-3, and three, I'm sure they might be the number one team in the state. Yeah, it's really weird. They lost at Beelin Prep to start the year. Then they lost to New Canaan in a game that was, you know, uh, was, again, it was like the clash of defenses. And then they and then they lose to, uh, uh, then they lost to Hamden in a game that just kind of, just, they just let go. You know, and they had to come back, and then Hamden just kind of shocked them. That was a big win for Hamden. And then Fairfield Prep hasn't, they have not lost since. And I think they knew, they figured out what they were. They were a defensive team that needed their offense to play just well enough and then run the ball, clock control, just enough to let the defense and special teams do. They can score touchdowns as well, do their thing. Now, can they stop Clark and the rest of the Wreckers? Listen, I've been riding Fairfield Prep all year. They've, they've, they're a reason why I'm number one in the picks right now because I've picked them against some of the big teams, West Haven, you know, Shelton, I think I might have picked them against. But whatever it was, I, I've been on the Fairfield Prep chain. I'm going to go with Fairfield Prep too. Uh, I know it's at Staples. It's like a big lacrosse rivalry there. You got a lot of Tyler Clark and all those guys, a lot of lacrosse guys there. And, uh, you know, but it's, it's going to be, I think defense is going to win the day here. I think Fairfield, I mean, I think Staples will give them a fight. It's going to be down to the wire. It might be one of the best games. That's what I was going to say. I think this might be the best game of the quarterfinals, but yeah, I'm going with prep too. I, I mean, I could honestly get all of these wrong and I wouldn't be surprised. All right, we got next up, we got number six, Glastonbury at number three, West Haven. Glastonbury, they're here. Uh, Jack Patron, 
dude. Fight expectations. They have. I thought they were paper tigers. All right. Especially after they lost to Hall. But they've rallied. You know, they lost to Southington, came back, beat Maloney, who was number one. Jack Patron is a dude. They finally, finally put their stats up on Max Preps. Thank you so much, Glastonbury. And let me tell you, Jack Patron has stupid stats. Um, thank God, because now we know. We knew he was good, but now we see the stats, so it definitely helps. They got West Haven. West Haven licking their wounds after a bad game against Fairfield. In <laughs> um, this one, I personally think the Westies rally. I'm picking West Haven in this one. I think they got the dudes to stop Patron and kind of try and take him out of the game um, and force Glastonbury to beat them with their other guys, and I think that's going to be enough for West Haven to win this game. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard getting Patron uh, to get him in, in space there to do some things. Uh, you know, West Haven's defense, especially up front, is very tough. And, then and they're Glassberg. so fast. And then, yeah, and then you have Conlon, too, and they're so fast. I don't think Glassbury's seen anything like that. I'm going with West. All right, I obviously agree. All right, so now it's the last game. We made it through 24 games. 23. This will be 24. This is the most games we're going to pick all year. I thought last week picking 20 Thanksgiving games was 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 much. All right. Number seven, Hamden going to number two, Greenwich. If we had to pick this game three weeks ago, I would have been not as confident in my pick as I am now. I'm going to go with Greenwich. I think Greenwich... They're a contender, candidate for the number one team in the state. And they lost to Staples. That's a great win for Staples. Um, and Greenwich also lost to someone else, and I'm not thinking of who they lost to Southington. I was there. <laughs> so Greenwich has two losses by two points. Yeah. They lost by one point to Southington, and they lost by one point to, uh, to Staples. Yeah. Um, I can't believe I forgot I was at that game, but I'm going with Greenwich. They have Consberg. Valar, how do you pronounce his name? Bomalakis. Bomalakis, right? Jack Wilson. We still we don't really talk about Jack Wilson that much. Charlie, um, Charlie Smith, not Charlie Smith. Charlie Dixon, the wide receiver, and my guy Galetta. And then we're not even talking about Dom DeLuca. They have so many guys. I'm going with Greenwich. I think, I think Hamden eight no start, two losses. They're a little banged up. Convincing win by Notre Dame. I thought Hamden would put up more of a fight. I did pick Hamden to win that game, so I'm a little disappointed. Hamden but... put up a fight. They Notre Dame scored a couple late, and then to, to pull that game out. But uh, you know, I, I was a little, a little disappointed. A little disheartened as well. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm go, gonna go. I'm gonna go with Granite here too, Pete. You know, maybe Hamden's just kind of run out of gas here. You know, playing SEC tier two schedule, not really maybe helping in this spot in these tough games. You know, you could say almost say the same thing about West Haven. Uh, this is where that comes through, I think, when you get to the playoffs. You know, if you're battle-tested, you certainly uh, are going to be ready for this kind of stuff. Yeah, Hamden beat Fairfield Prep, and yeah, West Haven uh, beat Hamden. But, you know, West Haven didn't beat Fairfield Prep, and now, you know, you start to feel teams, even where the backups have a little bit of experience playing those tough games, even in losses. I'm going to go with Greenwich. I think they bounce back nicely here. We see a Greenwich-West Haven matchup, which would be very interesting on the 20. 20- it's anniversary of the 2002 game. I don't know how they, you know, they have played since then. There was a 23, 2013, and I think a 2014 matchup there as well. And I think Greenwich won those too. Um, but anyway, that's, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Greenwich here. Just far too many weapons and, you know, Hamden, great season. Unfortunately, going to end short of uh, advancing to the semifinals. So well, this was a boring show because we agreed on every game. Really? No. 
man. We've been doing this way too much because we are on the same thought process. Obviously, it's the quarterfinals, and there are usually a lot of blowouts in the quarterfinals. Again, yeah. I did go 16-0 and in the quarterfinals last year. Um, I don't think that's happening. I don't think that's happening this year. But I think you and I are are kind of on the same mindset of of how these games are going to go. Well, that's go good out. for you because I usually do well in the playoffs. I do usually uh, do very well picking games, especially the finals. So we'll see. Yeah, I get I get I get weird in the finals. I'm like, oh, what would be a better story? And then I end up going one and three. You just gotta pick the team. <laughs> you just gotta pick the team you know has got it. Um, I so went I went four and zero in 2019 in the finals. So you 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 and I both did. I always do. The only one time I didn't do well was I picked Seymour to beat Tallinn, 20, uh, 49 to 0. And Tallinn was in that game. <laughs> in 2007, I think it was. Tallinn was like, I remember talking, telling the coach. The coach saw it. I forget who the coach was. And he was like, uh-huh. Oh, you're Sean. Okay. At the, the luncheon. That was hysterical. And I was just like, 49 nothing, Seymour. Because I don't believe in Tallinn. And Seymour was a great team back then. And uh, Tallinn was right. And they only lost by 10. They, they had a lead. With like four minutes left, and then Seymour added tacked on a touchdown, and then they had maybe a field goal there. But it was it was close. So I I had to eat my lunch on that one. But uh, <laughs> but you know for the most part, yeah, I do pretty well picking points. I mean, right. it, they're not they're not it's not complicated. You think no. the, the, the team is really good. Don't overthink it. Anyway, That's what I try to tell myself. Hey, take us home, man. It's your show. Oh, this is uh so for Pete Paguaga, I'm Sean Patrick Bully. This has been the P Page Views. Pick a podcast and meat grinder all rolled into one in a nice sausage. <laughs> this has been our show. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. Love you all. <laughs>